Greetings, soppy pop sadists and manufactured music masochists, and welcome to episode 11 of the Bad Things Podcast, where we artificially inseminate the cows of pop culture crap for mass consumption and destruction. My name is Nathan Packham, and as ever, I'm joined by the ram to my you, the stud to my bitch, and the bull to my heifer. It's Mr. Jacob Simmons. Generic animal name salutations to you, Jacob, as I revive the wildlife theme from our previous episode. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing I'm doing very well. Uh, thank you for calling me a stud. That's always nice to hear. Uh, and yeah, thank you for teaching me uh, what a heifer was. Thank you very much. <laughs> Were you unaware of that? Did you just think it was an insult? <laughs> well, at first I thought you said Hefner, and I was like... <laughs> You've just compared yourself to, to Hugh. Um, the bull which, to which my heifer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is a fair accurate, which is an accurate uh, comparison there. But yes, other than that, uh, well, ask me how I am in about uh, an hour and a half's time when we're probably about a quarter of the way through this recording because uh, we, are, we are on, possibly, recording this on lockdown two day, which is very exciting and also <laughs> mostly horrible. <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> It's back. Lockdown 2. It's back. Uh, so, how do you feel yeah. about Lockdown 2? Um, shit. <laughs> I mean, judge, like from what I've read and what I've seen, like it should, this is not, you know, this is the time to do it. Or maybe the time to do it was, was a couple of weeks ago, but it's still going to be bloody horrible, isn't it? Because we all thought we were going to be fine and now all of a sudden Christmas is in jeopardy. Which is going to just be absolutely horrible. Um, but ultimately, you've just got to suck it up, haven't you? And, and go with what, what the advice is. So, yeah. I'm I'm excited for my weird Christmas with whichever one of my housemates is still in the house. <laughs> mm, I'm, yeah. I don't know what it's going to be like. But hopefully, fingers crossed, eh? Um I'm going to try and sound not depressed during this episode. I was going to say, just... the pace of our conversation has already died a death. <laughs> oh, I'm just watching the clock just tick closer and closer to four o'clock. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks to everyone who listened to our jaunt to Vegas in episode 10. And we hope the idiosyncratic actions of Siegfried and Roy didn't leave you too weirded out in Father of the Pride. It's back to music today as we further explore twice-covered ground here on Bad Things. Jacob, what are we doing today? His, his time has come, Nathan. <laughs> he was spared the death penalty a few months ago. He was given a last-minute reprieve, but now he is back for Crimes Against Music. Not a Louis boy, but he's our boy this, this month on Bad Things. He is the one, the only, Owen Quigg. I thought you were just going to call him Owen there, which they do throughout the series. <laughs> no, he is he is Owen Quigg, and uh, you'll get angry at me if I call him anything else, so I'm just going to call him Owen. Yes, um, because we're liberals, Jacob. <laughs> we're liberals, but I do find Irish names very funny. Jeez, that is the worst thing you've ever said on this podcast. Um, no, it isn't. <laughs> We uh, we promised him to you months ago, and here we are finally delivering on our initially xenophobic promise. <laughs> yes, it's the story of, I almost said it myself, of <laughs> Owen Quick here on Bad Things. So let's get into some prehistory and see how Owen made it to the big time. Although, 
Jacob, today's episode, everything is the prehistory, really, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? The, the prehistory is the best bit because the actual bad thing, there's only about 10 minutes worth of conversation we can get out of it. So this is not, this is going to be quite the departure from our usual format because we're going to spend a lot of time talking about what happened before the actual thing that got him onto the podcast. But as we were talking off mic, so many funny things happen during the prehistory that it was impossible to leave it out so i'm actually quite excited to do something a bit different on the podcast this this month yeah uh, as delighted as listeners would have been by a 10 minute episode we're gonna let you down again sorry guys <laughs> um so we're Jacob... gonna give you a four hour episode instead <laughs> oh please god i've got nothing else to do to be fair so <laughs> well exactly yeah neither do you so um, so Jacob, I didn't find a lot about Owen Quigg's <laughs> upbringing. How did you get on? Um, I also didn't find a great deal. His Wikipedia page is fairly scarce. Um, well done for tracking down his middle names, which as we know was a feature of this program when it comes to X Factor contestants. <laughs> um, but yeah, not as many as Jedward, unfortunately, which is a real shame. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> Owen Carl Christopher Quigg grew up in Dungiven, County Londonderry, Northern Ireland. Do we have to do we have to say Derry? Is Londonderry offensive to Northern Irish people? Is it is that is it offend is it? I don't know because of I think a lot of people omit the London because it reminds them of the British. <laughs> I I had questions about his like nationality as well because okay. Louis keeps referring to him as Irish and <laughs> No. Is that he's Northern okay? Irish. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it depends who you ask, I guess. <laughs> if you ask an Irish person, then yeah, probably. But if you ask an English person, probably not. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we should probably, yeah, differentiate whether they're a unionist or not. Oh, jeez. Don't really <laughs> want to talk about that. Uh, okay. What do you mean? Um... <laughs> We've already gone on a tangent. Nathan, there's not time for There's tangents. not time. Right, okay, right. Bullet train, right, come on. <laughs> right. Uh, so, singing along to Disney cartoons since the age of two... Quig found his voice when he was in class and and uh, was told to stand up and sing as a punishment. Um, <laughs> to the teacher's surprise, he sang well, which led him to becoming a choir boy. I mean, good on him, because that's an awful thing to do to a child. Can you imagine? Like, that would have absolutely destroyed his self-esteem had it not gone well. That uh, is a horrible thing to do. Whatever, it was like 95, 96. Well, oh, that's fine then. Um, <laughs> do what you want. <laughs> Uh, from then, he sang lead role in school musicals such as Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Um, and he was studying for his GCSEs at St. Patrick's College in Dungiven. Uh, oh, God. In, in Dungiven and uh, lived at home with his parents and brothers at the time of The X Factor. That is literally everything <laughs> I've got. That is literally it. To go back a few points, because I know you love hearing about my theatre career, I've been in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat twice. <laughs> you, you mean the period of your life where you'd be in musical theatre and then go home and listen to the most toxic <laughs> rock? <laughs> yeah, the um, uh, the very interesting years of Jacob's life there. Yeah, great musical. Uh, very much enjoyed being in that one. Um, and he was Joseph, uh, as was I, at the age of about nine, I think, I played Joseph in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I was going to be very horrible and ask you if you played the coat. Because <laughs> I know someone who literally played a bush in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> well, that that's it. All right. Um, that's, that's, I think that's it. Yeah. He's not, um, his internet presence is not massive. It's not. No. Quick. No. Uh, but to be we... honest, that's all we really need to know. 
yeah, we've got a bit of the gram to discuss later, but apart from that, his actual Wikipedia page is quite poor, and as are the articles about him, because they're all written by the mail in the sun. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so let's do it. Speeding towards X Factor 2008. Jacob, <sighs> shall we do a little rundown of what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> let's get it. Let's fucking do it. So we are in the original X Factor studio for this one. So, Jacob, you probably notice it being significantly smaller than the ridiculously <laughs> sized stage for Wagner and Jedward. Mm. So they must um, have, they changed over in 2009 then. Was that the I, first year? I think it was, yeah. 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 Mm. Um, so on judging duty, we've got uh, our boy, Louis Walsh. What's his full name? It's gone from me. <laughs> Louis, Michael, Michael, Michael Vincent. Vincent. Is yes, that it? Yes. Yeah. Mm, um, he's there. Pop genius Simon Cowell. Simon Cornelius. Tarquin. <laughs> Tar- I'm going to go Tarquin as well. <laughs> the other Minogue, Danny. Sorry. <laughs> D- Danny, the other Minogue. That's oh, her that's, middle name. That's horrible. And a debuting Cheryl Cole. Uh, mm. FHM's sexiest woman for every year of the 2000s. <laughs> it's Cheryl Cole. Uh, Derma O'Leary is on main presenting duty and we've got not Coddy Huck unfortunately this time but Holly Willoughby mm. uh, British Carbonara Zone Holly Willoughby <laughs> British Carbonara yeah have you you've seen the Gino DeCampo clip haven't you is this the grandmother had wheels yes clip? yeah oh, it's, no. it's closer oh, no. it's closer to a British Carbonara oh no it is no that's true Oh, well, fine. So I'm glad you're standing there. Do you there. agree? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? If my grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. <laughs> you know, what, you know? <laughs> my niche anecdote for Holly Willoughby is she went to a, a girls' school that a lot of the girls from my tennis club, when I pretended to be <laughs> posh, uh, used to go to. It's the most middle-class anecdote I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> oh... Well, she's on the extra factor, and there's a couple of auditions from X Factor 2008 I want to talk about, Jacob. What can you tell me about Alan Penfold? (laughs) Oh, Alan. This is, uh, well, according to your notes, he's a 43 year old pizza delivery driver (laughs) who auditioned for the X Factor in 2008, uh, singing a Michael Jackson song. So when the going gets mean. Protection, gangs, group nations, causing grief in human relations. It's a tough war on a global scale. I'd rather hear both sides of the tales. Don't say that you agree with me when I've seen you kicking dirt in my eyes. I don't care whatever they're saying. Don't matter if you're black or white. Woo! Once again, MJ is on the podcast and he's going to be on this podcast again later on. <laughs> is this he is... becoming the new Bob Dylan of this podcast where he just comes up every month? Who who else has come up a lot? There's someone else who just I seems to remember. pop up all the time. Yeah. I mean, obviously Savile and Rolf. But, you know. <laughs> oh, stop. Um, so Alan Penfold, he produces a hilarious Michael Jackson impression. This poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's 55 now. That was the scariest thing about this. <laughs> Um, he takes an age to get the gloves and the glasses on. Um, he did help me discover the opening lyrics to Black and White, which is, I took my baby on a Saturday bang. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sex me up at noon. <laughs> MJ works nine to five, doesn't he? Gets Saturday off. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Just the, the idiosyncrasies of this performance are just incredible. <sighs> like, he's... Firstly, why did he choose to sing the rap bit? (laughs) 
the, the Bruce Botterell rap bit, which <laughs> yeah. he was the producer, and he don't think he ever rapped again. So, he just spins around the whole time. He just does so much spinning. Um, he's all, I don't know how to say this without sounding horrible, but he's obviously got something. like He's obviously autistic or has Asperger's or something like that. So you know what? Fair play to him for giving this a go. I enjoyed it. And the judges weren't even too mean about it afterwards. Thank God. So even in 2008, they had some sense of what was okay and what wasn't. Shame about all of the editing, but oh well. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, so that's Alan, and the other one we've got to mention, one of the all-time greatest X-Factor auditions. I'm, of course, talking about Ant and Seb. No doubt you look so fine. Whoa. Girl, I want to make you mine. Yeah, come on. Just let me be with the woman that I love. The woman that I love. No doubt you're your only man. Whoa. Who can love you like I can? Yeah, man. Just let me be with... Where do I start? I mean, it's more like Ant and Death. How good is this? Oh this my god! Might be my favourite X Factor audition ever. <laughs> would you Would you like to give us an analysis, Jacob? Oh my god! Um, firstly, Ant and Seb is painfully close to Ant and Deck. <laughs> which is uh, which is fun. Um, so the guys come. These guys come into the room. Uh, <laughs> They're very the um so which one is which? The guy in the yellow shirt is Seb and the guy the sort of main singer is Ant. Yes, Ant is the half vest, half t shirt wearer. <laughs> yeah, with the ridiculously muscly arms, and then Seb comes in. Firstly he needs to sort his moustache out because that is a that is a dreadful piece of facial hair. Um, Seb does most of the talking. Uh, he says that Ant sounds like Usher and Rick Astley, who don't sound the same. And he compares himself to P Diddy, even though he is obscenely Welsh. <laughs> what's what's that Welsh rap bad? Oh, Goldie looking chain. That's it. <laughs> and then they start singing. Well, singing, quote unquote. Uh, Peter Andre's mysterious girl. Um, Ant is Ant isn't bad. Like he's obviously been put up to this um, after his mates heard him sing, uh, and Seb just does the most ridiculous rapping, quote unquote, you've ever heard in your entire life. <laughs> uh, what have I got down here? Uh, yeah, Ant has a kind of passable karaoke voice in a style hmm. of a shaky Rick Astley, <laughs> um, and then I've just written Seb is just what <laughs> a staggered caller response vocal. Uh, human interpretation is baffling sometimes, <laughs> and even Ant stops corpsing along with the judges because he's aware of how bad. I, I think they're brothers, aren't they? Are they? Yeah, I think they how? might be. I... How is that like biologically possible? Well, it could be a half brother thing. We yeah. don't know. Let's let's Jeez. not make a third controversial statement of the podcast <laughs> so far. Um, the audition finishes, and Simon says it's more like Ant and Death, uh, which they must have had queued up for him. That's an uh, amazing line. They're escorted out by security, but Ant carries on. <laughs> um, so Tony has to get involved and escort them out. Um, it's and definitely, definitely top five X Factor auditions ever. Absolutely. Um, and then Simon has to take a break because he's so disgusted. And Ant starts singing to Rick Astley to him in the lobby as well. So we get three songs from Ant. It's amazing. It's great. Anyone who hasn't seen this needs to see this. Those are the two funny auditions I've got for X Factor 2008. It's time to talk about the main 
subject of this episode, Jacob. Here we go. Shall we talk about Owen's journey? Owen's endless journey. (laughs) (laughs) It just never ends. It took me four hours to write this script. It took longer than the Paula script, and I watched about 20 Robin Thicke interviews. Oh, we're going to be here for so long. Right, we're going to bullet train again, guys. Let's do it. Uh, let's let's do it to it. It's Owen Quigg's journey in The X Factor. Uh, my name's Owen Quigg and uh, I'm 15 years old and I'm from Northern Ireland in County Derry. What brings you here today? Well, you know, I've been singing since that, uh, that size era and like, I just wanted to come here today just to see if I was any good. I'm feeling to the dulcet background tones of James Blunt's You're Beautiful, we are introduced to our subject of this episode, Owen Quigg. He says that he wants to see if he's any good, which I think is one of the nicest things I've heard an X Factor contestant say. That's just very very wholesome, I think, yes. to use a, a popular word. This is a very wholesome interview. Um, he enters the audition room and starts singing Home by Michael Bublé, but Michael, uh, Michael Cal? <laughs> but Simon Cal hates it, uh, hates the delivery and calls it an express train. It was a bit weirdly rushed, I thought. He seemed very nervous. Yeah, I mean, let, give him some credit here. He's 15 years old here, which, by the way, is far too young. I didn't realise he was this young when he did it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, he uh, yeah sings Michael Bublé's song... Um, he Simon says that he goes into the song too quickly, and I have no idea what that means. Uh, I think it means that the production crew didn't get the chance to get the judges to ask all the questions they wanted. Oh. I think <laughs> might have been what he was trying to say. Um, and then in our first bizarre moment from Owen, he does an Eric Clapton song as his second choice. Would you know my name? If I saw you in heaven, would it be the same? If I saw you in heaven, I must be strong and carry on. Cause I know I don't belong here in heaven. We cut to the judges and you can basically see the money bags in their (laughs) eyes as Owen is performing Tears in Heaven. Mm. Uh, How does one person grow that much hair (laughs) in such a short space? (laughs) So yeah, he's got spiky blonde hair. Um baby face he's bright eyed bushy tailed uh, and ready to be ruined by the world of show business is <laughs> owen quick he does have sort of a sonic thing going on <laughs> the bushy yes, tail he... analogy works he does look like if yeah he looks he like, looks like sonic tails yeah. <laughs> he looks like a weird human cross- crossover of sonic and tails oh, oh. um so shockingly he gets four yeses because he's mm. going to make them loads of money <laughs> He goes back to school. Jacob, have you ever had this many friends? <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. This guy, yeah, he knows literally everyone in the entire school. He, I mean, it's three figures of people probably in the school hall, and they've also got a mural for him. What? There's, the there's like a like a good luck Owen 
<laughs> there's signage in the school reception area, oh, uh, which must have nice. been the ultimate ego boost for a 15-year-old. Oh, my God. Yeah, he must have been riding so high off the back <laughs> of this. And, um, yeah, to his credit, he does have a very good singing voice. I think sometimes that he does, but we will get to that as we go <laughs> yes, down yes, the line. Uh, Jacob, do you want to take us through uh, the weird in-between stage in X Factor, uh, that being the boot camp? Yeah, the ever-changing pur- purgatory that is boot camp. Um, I've got four notes for this, so we really will bullet train through it. One of them is, he's aged since the audition. Uh, he's now being described as 16. Oh, okay. well, that, that does tend to happen if you stay alive. <laughs> the problem with children, uh, they do tend to age. Um, yeah, he sings a little bit of Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol, and then You've Got a Friend by James Taylor, uh, sticking to the sort of slow ballads. Um, he gets through, that's really all you could say about this bit. And did you notice who he got through alongside? <laughs> I did. The boys, Alan, Austin, Owen, Liam, Marley and Scott. I didn't know Liam Payne existed in 2008, but there is a brief <laughs> shot of a solo Liam Payne in the NVT. Yeah. I thought his rendition of You've Got a Friend was basically note perfect. Um, mm. If you do want an even better version of this song, check out the Carol King um, version. Uh, and by this point, I'm like, oh, have we made a mistake with choosing this? Yeah, I thought, that, I, I thought that several times throughout <laughs> watching this. I'm, I'm there's not going to be many bad things happening. How does it feel to be in Barbados? Yeah, Barbados, this is amazing. Like I'm, I, when we opened the envelope to see if we were going to Barbados, like it was just unbelievable. Never been abroad now, this is my first time. You know, I didn't really know where Barbados was until like the lads told me. Next time you're here, can I suggest a T-shirt? Yeah, yeah, me too, man, I'm sweating. <laughs> now for the hilarity of judges' houses. Uh, we get another VT because that's all the X Factor is. Uh, Dermot shits on Ireland by saying that the paradise, are, the paradise island that they are on is a world away from uh, where Owen lives. Uh, this is the first time he's ever been abroad and he is in Barbados fighting it out with the other boys for Simon Cowell's affections. He's got a jumper on in Barbados. <laughs> Yeah, the line is that he didn't realise Barbados would be hot, so he's only brought with him long sleeve tops. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet, isn't it? It yeah. is sweet. The, the narrative for Owen through a lot of the show is that he is this sort of young, bright-eyed kid from a small nothing town in Ireland, and they really put that in, like, they really set that up here, especially with this whole jumper debacle. It's not time to make a change. Just relax, take it easy. You're still young, that's your fault. There's so much you have to go through. So take it. It's Simon sitting in his throne alongside Sunita. It's always fucking Sunita. <laughs> Even I knew it was going to be Sunita, and I've never seen this show before. I believe they had a relationship in the 80s, Did I've they? heard. I thought, um, well, I knew that she was signed to his label, but I didn't realise they were an item. Yes, and the thing to bring up with Sunita and the X Factor is, of course, the iconic <laughs> leaves dress that she wore one year. Um, a dress oh, of leaves. Give leaves. it a Google if you're interested. <laughs> he performs Father and Son by Cat Stevens. Uh, it's a pretty meek performance, and Simon questions his age. Um, he doesn't. And... No, he doesn't like. He, he doesn't question how old he is. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> we don't... He's like. He doesn't know how, if he's ready. Basically. Yes. Um, which he's not, because he's 16 years old. 
There's only a brief clip on the internet of Owen being shown his fate, and he gets through, and Liam Payne does not. <sighs> See you in a couple years, Liam. Yeah, see you for One Direction. What did you think of the father and son performance? I thought it was one of his weakest throughout the whole show. There are so many performances, Nathan, I can't remember a great deal of them. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, this is such a cynical episode. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I can't... I genuinely can't remember. <laughs> I haven't taken any notes on it, so it can't have been that impressive. So Owen is back uh, in the UK and he is now in the live shows. And uh, rather than play it safe for week one, what song do they give him, Jacob? They only give him Bloody Imagine by John Lennon. You may say that I'm a dreamer But I'm not the only Owen's VT is another humble affair. He says, I don't want a career. I just want to sing. Um, And Simon very honestly said, if he goes out tonight, I take full responsibility. He was never going to go out. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely not. And to be fair, he does a very good version of this probably quite very difficult song to sing. I am going to say the most controversial thing I've ever said on Bad Things. Okay, here we go. I prefer... Owen Quigg's version of Imagine <laughs> to John Lennon's version of Imagine. I do not... I'm not a big fan of Imagine. Uh, it's what, yeah, it's one of the most overrated yeah. songs of all thank, time. Oh, thank God. Yeah. yeah, thank you for that. It's, it's played to death. People cannot wait to crawl up John Lennon's arsehole when this song comes out. Uh, and I'm very glad that Owen Quigg has given me at least one positive memory of this song because he does a really <laughs> nice version. <laughs> I, um, now, because of all the Lennon 80 celebration stuff, I'm fully back on Team Lennon. There was a time <laughs> I wasn't, but, uh, yeah. I don't mean in terms of, like, obviously I'm a pool guy, but, like, mm. yeah, I'm back with Lennon. Yeah, um, just wait for McCartney 3 to come out, and then you'll be kicking Lennon to the curb. Well, I, I, if, if that is a debate, I've already kicked Lennon to the curb, <laughs> but, yes. Um, he was an all right guy. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, the stripped back arrangement really works here. They do, they've do. they obviously backstage done amazing vocal work with him. Um, and then we get some really awkward comments from the judges. Oh, um, God. Louis says, I like you, Jesus. Um, and it's not just because you're from Ireland. <laughs> and then Daddy Minogue, who at this point is probably about 35, asks mm. him, do you have a girlfriend? Oh, make it stop. <laughs> Just so um, wrong, so wrong. This, this isn't the last time we'll hear comments like this. <laughs> Leave the poor kid alone. And then uh, one seat over from Danny is Cheryl Cole, who went over to have a child uh, with the Liam Payne, the boy she met as a 14-year-old. So <laughs> I forgot about that. Yep. Oh. Yep. Make it Dream- stop, please. Do you remember when she was briefly Cheryl Fernandez Versini? <laughs> Cheryl Fernandez Versini, yeah. That was my favourite period. I'd only just gotten used to learning how to say Fernandez Versini and then she bloody changed it again. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> 
Um, Simon nails his analysis here. Uh, it's not a big voice, but bloody hell, they worked absolute wonders here. Um, this might be one of the best X Factor performances I've oh. ever seen. Wow, we. Um, um, it's not my favourite Owen performance. We'll get to that in a few weeks' time. But yeah, this was a really strong opening week, and I think he did very, very well for himself. Uh, well done to Owen for week one. Uh, sorry about week two because you're singing a Michael Jackson song. <laughs> He's back. He's back again. Week two and Owen is saddled uh, despite being, you know, he's not 10, right? He's 16. <laughs> he gets saddled with Ben by Michael Jackson. Now it's In the VT, Simon says that he likes that Owen nearly cried last week. <laughs> That's my first note as well. Owen is sitting casually on the stage's edge and is singing so quietly you immediately hear the mic feed increase. <laughs> oh, um, is this the sort of clothing you would have worn in 2008, Jacob? Absolutely it definitely not. is. Yeah. <laughs> White shirt, baggy jeans. That is Nathan Packham 2008 right there. <laughs> How old, uh, hang on, wait, how old is Owen? How much older is he than you? Or Two years age? older. Okay, yeah. yeah, so he he is, what does that make him? Does that make him five years older than me? Um, maths, yes, maths, I think yeah. so. <laughs> I think he's five years older than me. Um, so yeah, how old would I have been in 2008? I'd have been 11, so uh, I'd have probably been wearing a load of football shirts. <laughs> Because you were normal back then. <laughs> because I was a normal person. For the big note, Owen's voice nearly cracks. Um, in my opinion, this was definitely not as good as week one, but the judges absolutely loved it again. I thought the performance aspect was better. Uh, he maintains, he, he he gets like how to sing on television because he's always looking into the correct camera at the right time. His staging's really well. He's always in the right place at the right time. So he, this is a very competent TV performance for a, such a young kid. He does need to give his shirt an iron, though, is the only problem. <laughs> I don't think that's his responsibility. That's probably Brian Friedman again, isn't it? He probably <laughs> With does the, the iron. ironing as well. <laughs> yeah, the judges absolutely love it. Danny likes the stripped back aspect again. Cheryl is impressed. And a, a good comment from Cheryl. She's impressed by the switch from acapella to the backing track because he mm. absolutely nails it. Uh, and she's pissed off with Simon because... <laughs> Uh, he's constantly criticising her for safe song choices. Yeah, they have a proper um, argument here and it's really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just one of those staged arguments for the X Factor. <sighs> oh, they probably just... went backstage and had some fun, right? That was always <laughs> oh the rumour. Oh, Oh, we're so going to get sued. <laughs> what? I said it was a rumour. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, Simon admits it wasn't as good as last week. Uh, and then Louis says that he is going to be in the final and he wasn't wrong. He, he wasn't wrong, but also a massive insult to everyone else. <laughs> Including who's the acts in his own team. Yeah. At week two. <laughs> yeah. Jacob, uh, I, I reckon this is... Is this your favourite, the next one? Uh, no, it's not. It's not. Do you want no. to take us through week three anyway? Yes, this is... Uh, what is there a theme this week? I'm not sure there is. Um, but yes. I think it's oldies, maybe. Oh, okay, possibly. Yeah. 
Uh, well, we open the clip on YouTube where some something has happened because Simon opens the clip saying, this is why I love TV. So something has happened. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Simon then says that Owen is the most mature person in the competition, including the judges. <laughs> Which is a great... Uh, a great line. We meet Owen's mum, Denise, who's worried about Owen because he can't even boil an egg. <laughs> it's Wagner levels of competency. <laughs> oh no, I bet Wagner makes a really nice meal, actually. <laughs> he loves the chicken, as we so famously mentioned in his episode. Uh, we get a bit of uh, Owen in the X Factor house, having, including a conversation uh, by the fridge with who I think is Ariche from JLS. Uh, and then we go into the first song, uh, which is his first non-ballad on the show. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember what the song is. What's the song, Nathan? <laughs> well, just before we uh, talk about what the actual song is called, because yeah. uh, I also struck... Thank God I've got it in my notes. Um, uh, seeing Aston uh, Merigold on a bed brought back all sorts of weird psycho <laughs> memories for me. Oh, um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, we're um, fully steering into this now, aren't we, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, we're fully steering it. He gives Hooray. a shit, the world's dying. Um, Hooray. L is for the way you look at me. O is for the only one I see. V is very, very extraordinary. E is even more than the song is uh, L-O-V-E or Super oh, Love yes the um, Nat King Cole number yes that's it yeah this is a weird ass choice it was weird but I thought it worked really well I've put this is his worst vocal performance of the three. Oh, what did I put yeah uh, Oh, I put, I can get behind the whispered vocal even if he's a little shaky when moving around. <laughs> yeah, that um, was it. I think he hasn't, because the, the other two performances, he sort of walks around the stage to the slow song. This one, yeah, there's a bit more dancing and choreography involved and he hasn't quite got that yet, which is fine, which is fair. Um, you know, he doesn't deserve to go home on this performance, but I did think it was the worst he's been so far. Um, because I don't think his voice is suited to this sort of music just yet. To moving around. <laughs> yeah, you can see his face is like full of sweat as he's moving around. Because <laughs> he's just so just so out of breath. Some sort of condition where it's like, no, no. <laughs> don't move and sing at the same time. Um, he gets a standing ovation, ovation mm-hmm. and then Louis Walsh says something so horrible... <laughs> Nat King Cole would have loved that version. <laughs> Why is that horrible? Because it's not true. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, but he does. He does all right. He's not. He's not dreadful. Is Owen? Is basically that's what I'm going to say for all the performances. Yeah, I also put that I'm not sure Simon is right that it was his best performance, but he's 16 years old and he's loving life, so who cares? Exactly. And this is the first time I noticed, and I was reminded of the Owen Quig voting face. <sighs> the Owen Quig um, voting face. Should we play in a clip here, Jacob, about what yes. we're referring to? Yes, we should. X Factor now, and I very nearly didn't vote for my favourite Eogan Quig. <laughs> no, well, he very nearly didn't do the face that makes me want to pick up the phone. It was almost as if someone told him not to do it. Is Owen going to be in the final? Smashing up Oren. I'm not going to do it. 
I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. All right, I'll do it. We are in peak TV burp era here, so anything on this uh, show uh, gets heavily mocked by Harry Hill, um, including the Owen Quigg voting face. Uh, I guess you remember this one from the time. Of course, yeah. We've not, we, we've expressed our love of Harry Hill in the past, and um, this was again my only exposure of Owen Quigg at the time. Would have been the voting face on TV Burp um, because he pulls a funny face whenever the camera goes <laughs> in on him, <laughs> and his phone number comes up in the lower third. So after uh, after watching that clip, I then got into a real TV burp hole. <laughs> yes. And I was wondering if you uh, remembered the segment. I certainly didn't expect to see that. <laughs> Do you well, remember? I've seen so many things since yes. I've been doing this show. <laughs> Oh, I wanted you to do the whole thing. Oh, uh, no. We don't have time, Nathan. Okay, sorry. Oh. But yeah, Harry Hill's TV burp. Oh, what a, that, what an influence on young Jacob growing up that was. Yeah, and I liked that it was like a little bit edgy sometimes. Yeah. So it's like, oh, this could be a 12. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think the, uh, I think the, you know, the TV burp gold DVDs that came out. Yeah. Um, I think they were actually 12s. I remember being like, oh, salacious. <laughs> Some raunchy content here. The knitted character's X-rated photo shoot. <laughs> Louis Spence existing. Oh, <laughs> Albert Square, Albert Square. <laughs> oh, bring it back. Please, um, please. Yeah, that, that show essentially got cancelled because he got exhausted watching TV, which is <laughs> yeah. fair enough. He must have watched so much TV because it was all written and, and edited in, in a week, which is fucking Mad, mental. Yeah. Madness. Absolutely mental. Well done, that man, for doing it. It was the most amazing thing in the world. There were so many celebrities here. And look, there's Daniel Craig. Wow. wow. It's week four, and it's film premiere week, <laughs> yes. as is tradition on The X Factor. Yes. Um, in this episode's weird equivalent to Wagner and Rupert Grint, uh, we get Owen Quigg and Daniel Craig yes. as the contestants are at the premiere for the much-forgotten James <laughs> Bond film, Quantum of Solace. Yeah. I have never seen Quantum of Solace. Um, we are recording this on the day, sadly, that Sean Connery passes away. Uh, and I think there is probably no bigger stain on his legacy than the reviews of Quantum <laughs> of Solace. <laughs> I because it did inside... not review very well. Um, I had an inside joke at school uh, because one of my friends accidentally pronounced it Quantum of Soleil. <laughs> <laughs> There's the old um, uh, rad. No, oh, I've forgotten the name. The old Mayo and Commode uh, gag where Simon Mayo calls this film a question of sport. <laughs> I didn't know. That's a good one. That's yeah, a good one. <laughs> really funny. Mark Camo's review of this film is so funny. Is it savage? Of course it is. It's 2008 Mark Camo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sex of the city levels. You're my lifeline Angel of my lifetime Answer to all answers I can find Does disco? Uh, it's Could It Be Magic, the uh, Barry Manilow and Take That number. He's given a leading lady uh, this week, which is massively uncomfortable because she's at least 20 years old. Oh, God. It keeps getting worse, Nathan. 
what did he say in the VT, Jacob? I can't remember what he said in the VT. I keep messing my words up because I was distracted by the girl dancers. Ah, <laughs> uh, to be fair, at least he's honest. Oh my, so straight. Um, <laughs> so he does actually struggle a little bit when the dancers are introduced. To be fair, yeah. Um, that's the yeah. It's kind of a High School Musical style thing that's going on. Danny Minogue also references Britannia High, which is not a TV series I've heard referenced for literally 12 years. <laughs> I can't, I don't even know what Britannia High is. <laughs> I think it was a BBC thing, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, I was obviously by this point, I was 14, so I was already in my ironic phase, which I have yet to get out of. <laughs> I've put the. Um... Yeah, Louis's comment here is that every mother will vote for you. <laughs> oh, God. And Louis. And Louis, yeah. Simon just exclaims, you've got guts, which <laughs> uh, which I, was probably a good thing to hear. Yeah. Um, and then Dermot, in one of his funnier sides, describes Owen's dancers as, as the Wimbledon ball boys, <laughs> um, which sounds like the LGBT film we all need in lockdown. <laughs> the Wimbledon ball boys. Ball boys. Just no Wimbledon, just all ball boys. Could be the French Open, could be at Queens, it doesn't matter. As long as the premise is some ball boys. Jeez, <laughs> um, what was that? Uh, week five. Um, anytime you need a friend, who is this even by? Um, is it Mariah Carey? Okay. Isn't it Mariah Carey? Oh, week? yes, it is. Of course, yeah. it's Mariah Carey. Because week. Mariah, Mariah Carey is there. Uh, she opens the show with a performance and then Owen has to follow it. <laughs> Jeez. Which is so hard. Poor boy. The difference in voices. Oh, yeah. my God. Bloody hell. This is also the week of the Heroes single that the X Factor finalists released, which topped the charts, which means Owen Quigg already has a number one single <laughs> under his belt at the age of 16. Ruth Lorenzo, UK number one. <laughs> Owen is also Simon's only act left in the competition at this point. Lol. <laughs> if only he'd kept Le- uh, Liam in. <laughs> yeah. Hero, the Hit 40 UK official number one. To actually know that you're number one in the UK charts is amazing. That's basically what I've dreamed of as a young boy. And on top of all that, my mum gave birth to a little girl this week, so I've got a new baby sister. Oh, mummy, congratulations. Owning the gang are number one, and his mum has given birth what in the a week. same week. Jesus. Those are just the kind of weeks you just dream of, aren't they, really? <laughs> number one um, single, new baby sister. Yeah, it was a good week. There's a really sweet moment where Owen gets the Nokia out. Um, he takes some time away from Diana Vickers to get the Nokia out. And he uh, talks to his mum about the birth of his baby sister, oh. who would now be 12 years old. Oh, God. Um, Mariah stop. Carey's uh, God, sorry Jacob Sorry, I was just, I was just telling you to stop <laughs> um, Mariah Carey is at the Dorchester Hotel uh, <laughs> yeah. Which I don't like Because I think it's owned by the King of Brunei So fuck that <laughs> Yeah. Um, she likes his breathy range Despite it being very different from her own Singing voice um, He doesn't do a bad job on this song uh, And he's accompanied in the most X Factor way by a choir and some falling fireworks.
I think this is his best performance. Okay, interesting. I think this was fantastic. <laughs> this is really good. His voice has gotten so much stronger at this point. I think he absolutely nails what is a really hard vo- uh, song to sing. Um, Mariah Carey, obviously famous for her immense vocal range. And I think he does a fantastic job. Well done. <laughs> well done, Sir Quig. <laughs> um, Louis starts critiquing his ever-growing hair... Um, and it is, to be fair, absolutely unbelievable how much hair he has. <laughs> Clearly, Louis getting some ideas at this point about big-haired Irish teenage acts. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Let's hit up week six and a bloody great George Michael song, One More Try. And it is it is the week of Britain. Um, so Derma asks Simon Cowell if he does indeed rule Britannia, uh, <laughs> which was a funny gag. Uh, Owen gets to go home and meets his sister for the first time. Aww. This baby, oh my God. This was so sweet. <laughs> this was so sweet. I definitely didn't nearly cry. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> it's really, really lovely. And he gets to go home and see his uh, friends and family. And there are flags with his face on it. <laughs> the voting face. <laughs> I think that was briefly adopted as the flag of Northern Ireland for a, a small yeah. period of time in 2008. Yeah, I bet it was Arlene that got rid of it as well. Too much fun to be had. <laughs> Probably was. And I'm looking out for angels Just trying to find some peace Now I think it's time That you He's right to be fearful of the high note in this song because his intonation is nowhere near as good as George Michael's. I was not massive on this because the George Michael vocal on the Faith album is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I'd never heard the version, the um, recorded version of this song before. I actually thought it was a Christina Aguilera song for some reason to start <laughs> with. I don't know where that came from in my brain. Yeah, it's the one after Genie in a Bottle, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah obviously. And uh, I just put that he's come on so much from his uh, early, really breathy performances. I think he's developed a really solid um, sort of, I don't know, not quite, not baritone, but like definitely not the ridiculous falsetto he was doing as a 15-year-old. Yeah, the the judges just love it and they all kind of comment on how good his consistency is. Mm. Um, And we're into week seven. We're doing fine here. We're racing through. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to have to change the name of this podcast, Nathan, because we've had nothing but nice things to say about (laughs) him so far. Worst record ever. (laughs) Uh, Don't worry, everyone. We'll get there. Uh, week seven uh we've got another gag from dermot to start off here um uh, as he says that rule the world is simon's manifesto statement <laughs> which i thought was another great gag because we're in simon, take that week simon's getting so fed up with these jokes you can tell like every time dermot says something simon's just like <laughs> funny yeah at least we get to see the incredible cow teeth on show <laughs> When he's laughing. Gary Barlow and uh, Mark Owen um, helping out Owen this week. Uh, This is Gary's audition to become head judge, which he would do a few years later, um, along with Mark Owen. Do you remember when I came to yours last and we listened to a Mark (laughs) Owen song, Jacob? (laughs) 
You told me about this Take That documentary you'd seen where Mark Owen went to rehab. <laughs> and walked across some stones. <laughs> what a time that was, when we were allowed to see each other. Oh, good times. Good times. Uh, um, they help Owen hit the iconic high notes, supposedly. Um, <laughs> but in the actual performance, they hide the high note behind a really <laughs> generic choral arrangement so you don't even hear Owen sing it. Let's assume he didn't hit it then. <laughs> well, we can hear from the debut album that we're going to discuss. Oh, God. Oh my god, the twins from The Shining here have multiplied as backing vocalists. <laughs> and they all die because they get drowned in fireworks. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the spark curtain comes down. What is that called? The yeah, sort of the... curtain of, of sparks. I really like that. Yeah. Maybe... Of angle grinders. We'll call it the spark curtain from now on. Yeah. Yeah. Which could also be a sort of lockdown film. <laughs> what would be the premise of that? Just... Um. About two um, homosexual lighting engineers oh my on a God. TV talent show who fall in love. The way you said that, like you're from the 50s or something. <laughs> two homosexual lighting engineers. Listen, Nathan, I've got this wonderful idea for a moving picture. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to branch out of music and go into the world of films. Have you seen that horrible uh, public service ad from the 50s where uh, about paedophilia where... <laughs> Sorry. Where has this come from? Where that guy goes up to the boy and uh, oh, and it's like, Jimmy didn't realise that Fred was a homosexual. <laughs> oh, Christ alive. Yeah. Oh, to quote this song, we've come so far. <laughs> and we looked each dead night in the eye. Yes, we did. Um, yeah, the vocal wasn't great, but the confidence of Owen Quigg here is a joke. So mm. confident. He's uh, 16 years old. I would have been a quivering mess at this point in my life. <laughs> we still are. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's a great point. Uh, uh, Louis says, you're like FedEx, you always deliver. <laughs> and that got me wondering, what does Louis order from FedEx? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope, we're not going there. Oh, uh, Cheryl is a little bit in love with him. So expect Cheryl Quigg as husband number four. <laughs> Simon reminds her that uh, Owen is considerably younger than Cheryl, something she clearly didn't remember when it came to Liam Payne. Oh, God, jeez, another dig. Everything was everything was legal. It's just weird. <laughs> okay, it's just weird. Uh, it's like smoking. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's weird, but it's legal. <laughs> Um, yeah, I actually Googled this. Cheryl was 25 at this point, so oh. I'm now older than Cheryl Cole was in X Factor 2008. Well. Great. <laughs> um, Dermot um, uh, carries on my shining comment, uh, but referencing another film by saying that the Von Trapp family were behind <laughs> Owen for the entire performance. Now, there's a crossover I'd like to see.
week eight, the song Sometimes. Uh, once again, I've not got down who this is by. Am I... I think it's Britney. Isn't this Britney Spears oh, week? Is it Britney week? Okay. Yeah, for some, she must have been a guest. Dermot says that Simon could buy America. Trump already did, so that's an old <laughs> gag now. Uh, Owen describes Cheryl as the best-looking girl in the world and that his friends have been ringing him about the fact that she loves him. <laughs> Clearly a, a reader of FHM magazine. Exactly. They're all sweating reading FHM, <laughs> oh, not doing anything else. No, absolutely not. Uh, the start of the performance here, Owen's crotch is in the face <laughs> of a woman in the front row. <laughs> well, you did say he was getting more confident. The crotch of Tall Quick. <laughs> the crotch of Behold. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, some of the cast of Grease 2 are doing backing dancing here. <laughs> I've put exactly the same thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's Davey from the T-Birds. <laughs> Who's the one I find attractive from the T-Birds? I Is it all remember. of them? No, it's not all of them. <laughs> Jimmy was a homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, um, I, <laughs> go on. Oh dear. Um, I don't, never mind. Uh, yeah, this this was fine. It was a decent performance. I put it's very mid table, but still good. Yeah, found the performance quite boring beyond his crotch <laughs> in the woman's face. <laughs> um, judges are less enthusiastic this time, but it's obviously all part of the storyline of the oh, show. Yeah, um, yep. they've got to have a go is, in um, at one point. This is the first week where we get two performances as well. So. Yes. Uh, week A, and they've finally gone for it. Simon's taken the advice of everyone else and pretended that it was his own. Uh, we get We're All In This Together from High School Musical. In a good way. Together's where we these films Jacob yeah of course I have I went to the cinema to see the third one. Oh, the third I've never seen the third one I've seen the <laughs> first not? two uh, I was on it's on a school trip to Paris where I watched <laughs> High School Musical 2 for the first time <laughs> including Bet on It the incredible scene in the golf course <laughs> best song from High School Musical 2 is I Don't Dance that's the best one I think if only I'd seen it more than once okay <laughs> uh <laughs> Um, the best thing about this performance is there are, there's a guy doing break dancing for absolutely no reason. Oh, he does the windmill for so long. Yeah, were you a bit worried when he first went into it? It looks like he was just smacking his head. <laughs> oh, God. No, I didn't. I hope he's okay. Well, he comes back, doesn't he? So he's he does. He's fine. He survived. Um, yeah. Owen is lifted up in Christ-like appreciation of his services to Bubblegum Pop. <laughs> well, they try and lift him up, but they only get him about... <clears throat> I'll try that again. Well, they try and lift him up, but they only get him about three feet off the ground. Ah, it's just the power of the crotch of Quig, isn't it? <laughs> Weighing them down. Uh, Cheryl says she wants to jump on stage uh, and gives oh. props to Brian Friedman for the choreography. 
Um, and there's a nice touch from the production crew uh, who include his school friends uh, in the the background. Um, God, he's a wholesome hu- human, isn't he? Oh, he really great. is. When I saw that um, the school was called St. Patrick's College, I just assumed that they'd gone for the really Irish-sounding name. <laughs> no, Jacob, that's the up. name of the school. Fair enough. Fair play. I think that's the fifth dodgy thing you've said. <laughs> it's not dodgy. I don't think it's right. I thought they were being dodgy. <laughs> He got through again, yeah, week nine. Um, the semi-final, oh god, it always got great at this point. The, my Is favourite... Is this the furthest we've been in our three X Factor reviews, by the way? Barn yes, didn't it make is. The semis, did he? Yeah. No, yeah, neither of them did. Okay. The, yeah, my favourite bits of the X Factor are obviously the auditions, and then when it gets really near the end and near Christmas, mm. and it just reminds <laughs> me of Christmas, and it's great. Oh. Um, not this year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Never forget when we could go outside. <laughs> oh, I just want to have a roast for God's sake. Uh, Week nine, uh, part one, uh, year 3000 by Busted. Uh, mm. Unfortunately, the video on YouTube here doesn't have a promo package for the VT. Um, so we're straight into the performance. Um, I enjoyed the predictable alternative looking musicians <laughs> here. Um, but Owen is really the star of the show. I just thought straight up bravado from Quig throughout. He holds the microphone like Freddie Mercury did in his pomp. Um, I really liked this one. I thought this was fine. Um, I did laugh at the line, uh, everybody bought my seventh album. Uh, Good luck getting to two, let alone seven. Well, we're going to fund the second one. (laughs) And they also changed the lyric from uh, your great, great, great granddaughter is pretty fine to doing fine. (laughs) Which I thought was really funny. Happy for women of 25 to 35 to make dodgy <laughs> comments. Not happy for a, like, not dodgy lyric to be said. Again, I thought this was uh, another sort of middle of the middle of the table performance for Owen. But everyone really liked this. Yep. Which was, I, I don't know, I just thought it was really weird. Cheryl says that uh, if you were to become an artist, this is the sort of music you should be doing. Which casts the die for his debut single. <laughs> Cast the die. What a metaphor. <laughs> which we will uh, get to a bit later on. Yeah, strong praise across the board. Simon has a go at Louis, who thinks he would have made Owen sing Puppy Love. But you did make him do a song from High School Musical. So... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Say hello yeah. to the audience already. And, and, and my cousin. Ladies and gentlemen, come on. Cousin, British champion. One last night. Give him a clap. Unbelievable. What, British champion of what? British, um, uh, he was fighting for the final last night and he won. Oh, British? So just unbelievable. Okay. Uh, give it up for Team Owen. Thank you. Is Owen on the booze here? Because he seemed a little bit drunk. Uh, he shouts out his boxing champion cousin. Mm. Um... Uh, but just to confirm, I'm not saying that a 16-year-old was drinking backstage at the X Factor. <laughs> My favourite part of this bit was, um, well, firstly, uh, Dermot's doing his bit to camera and then Owen's thumb creeps into the shot in the background. <laughs> 
what? He, and, does he do an intentional thumbs up? Yeah, he thumbs up his cousin in the crowd, and Dermot is like, "Oh, who are you talking to?" And Owen says, "That's my cousin. He's just become the British champion." Uh, Dermot says, "In what?" And then Owen still doesn't answer the question. <laughs> Uh, yeah he's like oh he's the British thing boxing. he's the British champion the what uh, yeah champion alright uh, um, well that's part one of week nine week <laughs> two oh it's fucking ABBA um, yeah, it's part, part two here yeah. Owen's favourite group is ABBA so he performs Does Your Mother Know Owen is lording it over everyone on top of a white piano. I wonder if he's bought it from uh, Lennon's Imagine video. (laughs) With all his money from Heroes. (laughs) Yeah, the hero. He probably still makes money from the Heroes. Oh, yeah. I wonder if anyone's still streaming that. Uh, I might do after this. (laughs) Uh, The usual fare here. Getting a bit bored of it, to be honest. Uh, I'm sure the listeners are as well. Um, I will just point out, it's really funny that this song is about an older man who's worried about dancing with a younger girl being sung by a 16-year-old. <laughs> younger! <laughs> You're too young to be searching for that kind of fun. So are you! <laughs> just play Uno with JLS in the house. <laughs> Dermot says, you know, why are you an ABBA fan? And he just said, uh, it's it, it's different for a 16-year-old to be an ABBA fan, but I am. Nothing I can do about it. <laughs> Nothing I can do about it. <laughs> oh, I love that. I mean, true. Fair enough. I do think he is better at ballads, unfortunately, rather than sort of straight-up pop songs. He's definitely better at ballads. I totally yeah. agree with that. Mm. Um, but his bravado comes crashing down mm. uh, because... His rumoured lover, and I'm going to keep saying the word rumoured, Diana Vickers uh, from the house, uh, is eliminated at the semi-final stage. There is incredible footage here um, of Owen breaking down at Diana's elimination because they're actually in the final two together at the semi-final stage. Um, Jeez, this was emotional. Yeah. So I I don't know this story. Was the rumour what they were dating? At the time. Um, would you like to hear the quotes from the Daily Mail? Oh, God, that, do I? That most re- do I the most reliable of sources? <laughs> yeah. Um, from the Daily Mail in two thousand and eight, uh, Vickers seventeen was seen canoodling. Yes, I use that word. <laughs> canoodling. With sixteen-year-old Quig by researchers in the house the finalists share in West Hampstead, North London. I might have walked past that house. A source told the Sun they're only young and hormones are flying about the place. They've got a really sweet relationship, but we do have to avert our eyes. Yes, oh. I hope so. <laughs> oh God, um, the Sun. And- in an aside, they say the news will come as a blow to Vickers' boyfriend, 18-year-old Manchester University student Chris Jones. Oh, Christ. Who admitted he feared the show could wreck their relationship. Plutty hell. Um, so that is the backstory there. Wow, I didn't know that. Owen breaks down in a crazy level of tears, um, and Dermot asks him for a word, and he just storms off stage. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. You know, it's an emotional moment. Um, he's only 16, this has got to be really tough for him as well, especially if he is quite close to her, not even romantically, just sort of, 
you know, he spent a very long time with this person mm-hmm. and they obviously, they obviously likes her a lot. So yeah, farewell to Diana Vickers and her yeah. bare feet, which is what she was most famous for. I've put, is Diana Vickers the person who is currently playing Avril Lavigne because they look almost identical? <laughs> You'd be shocked to learn they went with an alternative a narrative for her story <laughs> on The X Factor. What? Right, it's finals week, Jacob. Essentially Christmas. Song one, uh, Owen is doused in snow, but we'll get to that in a sec because there's quite a big VT um, for his performance of I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day. Um, This uh, was my favourite part of doing the research, this whole video. Um, (laughs) Owen arrives via helicopter to his school. Um, My God, the euphoria when he comes out on his school stage. This is, is mental. This is Beatles level of euphoria. <laughs> like he is fighting his way through crowds. <laughs> he's not a mop top, he's about six mop tops. Police escort him to his home and then a gig in Guildhall Square in Derry. And then we get Owen Quigg doing Roy Wood. <laughs> The man of a thousand bands, Roy Wood. Jacob, do you remember when we were involved in a charity single which included this song? Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. Can I play in some audio from that? Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> yes. When the snowman brings the snow, well, he might just like to know you a great big smile on somebody's face. That's one of my favourite uni memories doing that charity. Oh, scene. it was incredible. Yeah, really, really good fun. Uh, us dancing around a Christmas tree. It was really Yes, great. and uh, you in a library. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, playing a, playing a, a blow-up guitar. That was great fun. This is exactly the same performances as we've seen before. <laughs> yeah. It's a winning formula, uh, but in this, instead of a piano this time, we've got a sleigh and a reindeer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did think it was very telling that Simon, after the performance, didn't praise him directly. He just says that he'll be a hero whatever happens, uh, <laughs> maybe sort of priming him for the fact that he isn't going to win. <laughs> because of Alexandra Burke, obviously. <laughs> and he, he's up against Alexandra Burke and JLS, so yeah. two of the more successful X Factor acts in history. I mean, apart from Leona Lewis, Alexandra Burke has the best voice yeah. of, surely. Dermot says to him, it was bonkers, and Owen just responds, it was worse. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, and then in the strangest moment of this episode, we get Michael Underwood, oh, the TV presenter, yes. hanging out in Derry, the uh, husband of Angelica Bell. Mm, jungle uh, Run fame, Michael Underwood. A jungle Run. What a show. Once again, these scenes are mental. It's pure pop euphoria. And the Lord Mayor of Derry <laughs> is in town. <laughs> This was my favourite part of this research. This whole segment is such a mess. You can't hear him because the screaming is so loud. You can't see him at one point because he's absorbed by the crowd. (laughs) It's a total disaster. And it's so funny. (laughs) Dermot just doesn't know what to do. They've got no idea. They're like, where's the security? (laughs) Michael Underwood's been claimed by the crowd. (laughs) consumed (laughs) it's so funny 
Um, and then uh, Owen says that he could see his cousin Michael, and then Dermot <laughs> says something really bizarre. I'm guessing there's quite a few cousins called Michael, though, to be fair. Well, but, uh, what does that... Is that a bit bad? Is that a joke about Irish people having lots of cousins? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear, Dermot. Uh, Stick to making fun of Simon. No, he kept his job anyway since 2008, so it's fine. <laughs> Song two. This was so sweet. Uh, this is Picture of You uh, featuring Boyzone. Absolutely nailed the vocal when he came down at the top of the stairs. Mm. Um, he's looking dapper in his suit. Yeah, suited and booted, Owen. I forgot how wonderful the horn arrangement is on this song. You're all without if I needed somebody. Oh, yes. What a tune. Is Owen a better singer than Ronan Keating here? No. Okay. In this one performance. I think Ro- Ronan is slightly phoning it in. That's because they're all fucking trashed. What else are you going to do? <laughs> have they made up with Louis Walsh at this point, by the way? Oh, they must have done it. That's the yeah. only reason they would have got that got him on. Yeah. I, was gonna, or, I mean, you know, they are backing a Simon Cowell act, so they betrayed him. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, really lovely to see Stephen Gately here after... Oh. Yeah. Having to cover such miserable ground on his passing in the previous yeah. X Factor episode. Um, I loved this performance. Thought mm. it was really lovely. Fun sing-along. Um, and everyone looked great in all their suits. Yeah. It does look a bit like Ronan's brought his son to work, though. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go and listen to Life is a Roller Coaster now when this is done. <laughs> oh, come on, Nathan. Don't fight it. Oh, that long. We finish off with a performance of We're All In This Together, but we're not going to go over that because it's the same thing. Yep, exactly the same. The windmill man is back. Uh, I think Simon really done him dirty here because he didn't get him to sing any ballads, which I think was a massive mistake. I think it was Owen's choice, actually. It was contestants' choice. Oh, what? All the songs were? No, the the final Mm. song. Oh, no, I think think they could have made him... Well, they had to do one Christmas song... One song with somebody else and then uh, Contestant's Choice. Uh, and I think at least one of the other songs should have been a ballad um, because that's what he's more suited to. But I do kind of think Cal's accepted that Owen's not going to win. So um, I guess he just sort of gave him some fun stuff to do. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Alexandra <laughs> Burke, Soz. You're a great guy, you really are. Simon, a few words on Owen. Yeah, he's a great kid. He's 16 years old. He's represented Northern Ireland. Um, but let's face it, he was up against two incredible contestants tonight. You can leave with your head held high, young man. Thank you're you. absolutely credit to yourself and your family and where you're from. Thanks a million. Ladies and gentlemen, one last time, throw in. So, yes, Owen is eliminated. He ends oh. up third uh dermot talks up his graciousness and confidence and that is the end of owen uh alexandra burke would go on to win the series uh with jls second and we must thank alexandra burke for the song broken heels which is a great pop song (laughs) oh you know what fair play to owen quick i think he did a 
very, very good job. Always carried himself well, uh, showed maturity beyond his years. Just really solid performances week in and week out. What a star. What an absolute superstar. Well done. I got this totally wrong. Mm. Um, I think I may have got my own personal feelings towards the X Factor at the time, maybe Mm. mixed up. I mean, saying that, I was watching it every week and (laughs) definitely watched the next series and I think the series after as well. (laughs) Owen Quigg, I have rarely seen a 16-year-old in the public eye handle himself the way he handled himself throughout this whole process. And that was only more apparent when Diana was eliminated and the true emotion that he showed. He just seems like a nice dude. Like, yeah, just, just a, a really well-behaved, you know, polite, well-meaning, well-ambitioned kid who got given this amazing opportunity and didn't make a fool of himself, didn't fuck up, did so well, and, yeah, well done. It's your voice cracking. I thought... (laughs) (laughs) It's not because of the emotion. It's because I have a... I I promise, I promise. um, But, yeah, no, it's just really nice. Just a really nice thing to, uh, to, to see. Yeah, and unlike Jedward, he wasn't too obnoxious. And unlike Wagner, he didn't steal milk. So, well done. And he knows how to put fabric softener on as well. Um, It was revealed after the series that Quig had achieved the most public votes because of probably the middle-aged women, to be fair, in six of the ten shows before Alexandra kind of became the phenomenon that she became. Um, Well, I say that for about two years. Um, (laughs) But in a weird turn of events, unlike previous years, Simon Cowell decided not to sign the show's losing finalist in an attempt to concentrate all his efforts on the uh, winner, uh, because Alexandra Burke's voice is ridiculous. Um, (laughs) However, after performing a homecoming gig in front of 20,000 people... (sighs) Uh, Quig signed a deal with RCA Records, who are, of course, a subsidiary of Simon Cowell's Psycho and Sony and all of those subcontracted conglomerate thingy-majigs in the music <laughs> industry, and began work on his self-titled debut album. Jacob, oh, no. I wish to hand over to you oh, to no. talk about <laughs> Owen Quig, the album, the only oh, album. No. What do you want to do? How do you want to start it? Where do we even begin? Um... Well, we were gushing with praise uh, before, but um, (laughs) this is the bad things part of the podcast. (laughs) So here we go. Yeah, this is his his only album to date. And I think the only place we can start is the first track on the album and indeed the only single, the ridiculously titled (laughs) 28,000 Friends. This is his first ever original song, yes? Yes, I believe so. The only. Yeah, thank God. Well, uh, no, there's another one, isn't there? Oh, yeah, there's one coming down the line. But um, this is his, um, his only original song to come from this album certainly and it's a piece of shit (laughs) 
I um, am less offended by this song. What? Okay. Um, I'm very intrigued to get your thoughts. Um, so, just, just, just to say, yeah, this album was recorded in a week in Battersea. Um, <laughs> and was released on the 6th of April 2009, which is probably the same week as LVK or something, knowing 2009. <laughs> oh God, 2009. What a horrible um, year it's been. Yet this song is written by James Bourne from Busted. On Spotify, it has the highest number of streams for any song on this album. Uh, when I wrote the script, it was at 81,790 streams. Most of them are me. <laughs> Lyrically, Jacob, what is going on? What is the premise of 28,000 Friends? So this song is about a guy who is romantically interested in a... Well, I assume this is a girl. Uh, certainly, a, a, certainly a person. Uh, who is <laughs> a polar bear, what? <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Sorry. <laughs> in my quest to be politically correct, I went too far. Um, yeah, I think... Let's just say it's a girl. So there's a guy interested in a girl, uh, but unfortunately she is more interested in spending time on social media than she is with him in real life. So we get incredible lines such as, Do you want to go and see a movie? Do you want to take a walk outside? Does your snow white skin ever see the sunshine? Do you ever think that it's a waste of time? Uh, this is not. This is about someone with a mental illness, not a uh, like. <laughs> no, Could it's you imagine about, this. It's about this a person normal now. person. In it's just. I don't like. What were they thinking? Like, who did they think this was going to appeal to? Because surely the audience they were marketing this at were all using these social media platforms in two thousand and nine. And he's just here slagging them off. So I don't understand what their thought process was here. Could you imagine the subject of this song now? They'd just be in a white coat, wouldn't they? Just <laughs> clicking away all day. Um, I just... I, what a... What, this, is, this is dreadful. <laughs> what a wonderfully clunky lyric as well. YouTube, Facebook, MySpace. I am! <laughs> Very nice. Is, is, uh, is that... I I am as in I am or I am no, is that that's a that's a social media platform as in it's just instant messaging okay. but obviously MSN didn't fit fit the already like ridiculous number of syllables so <laughs> they had to go with I am YouTube um, Facebook MySpace <laughs> YouTube isn't a social media you can't uh, talk to people on YouTube. Oh, and MySpace doesn't even exist anymore. MySp- did it even exist in two thousand and nine? Yeah, just about. Okay. A lot of people are on Bebo, though. Oh um, a lot of MySpace music was just lost because they just deleted the web pages. <laughs> yes. They didn't even archive them. One of the best backing vocals I've ever heard when <laughs> the backing vocalists just go, get out of the house. <laughs> That's my favourite bit. <laughs> That's such what a threat. That's genius, I think. Really? Oh, God, it's rubbish. It sounds like he's threatening her. <laughs> Get out of the house. Get out of the house. <laughs> My other favourite lyric is, <laughs> don't send an email, <laughs> let me touch your face. <laughs> <laughs> what a pile of shit. <laughs> Those two mutually exclusive events. <laughs> you can't do both. <laughs> Um, so that's 28,000 Friends, which well, is God, one no, of no, the no, worst no. songs we we've had we on haven't, the podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. We haven't spent enough time talking about how shit this song is. Okay, what more it do you have one, to it say? It is one of the worst, maybe the worst song we've had on this podcast. <laughs> no. It's true. <laughs> the worst song is Tiffy Toes. <laughs> okay. It is so immature. It is so clunky. It's. <laughs> it sounds like it was written in about five minutes on a whim when some guy was pissed off that somebody didn't want to go to the cinema probably to see lesbian vampire killers with him because they were too busy on youtube like a normal person this song is rubbish just the, the person just selfishly ignoring the clear mental illness of the, <laughs> yeah. the subject what a waste of time well i can dance with you honey if you think it's funny does your mother know that you're out And I have zero to say about the rest of this album. Yeah, it's all covers from here on, mostly tracks that he sang on The X Factor. Um, They are identical covers, poorly recorded. They are exactly the same as the originals and the versions he did on The X Factor. We lost some of the fucking ozone layer for these (laughs) covers. Shall we go through the songs that are on the album? Yeah, do a little, do a little rundown, do a little. (laughs) Okay, so the second track is "We're All in This Together," which is horrible. Um, Why would you put a song from a film in if there's going to be no context for the film? The bit where he starts singing "Wild Cats Everywhere" makes no sense because it's not to do with the film. Uh, there's a version of All About You by McFly which sounds exactly the same because Owen Quigg sounds like the lead singer of McFly. Uh, we get Learn to Fly. I don't know who the original's by. Beats me. <laughs> probably Westlife. That's probably the best song on the album. The Does Your Mother Know version is hilarious. Uh, Home by Michael Bublé. Uh, when You Look Me in the Eyes. No idea who that's by. Uh, Year 3000 by Busted. She's the One by Robbie Williams. Oh, great. I was disgusted this was on there. It's a great tune, isn't it? Let's be honest. Well, just one of Robbie's, like... Yeah, just a nice pop song. You know, a lot of Robbie's stuff is caught up in uh, just being a bit of a bloke. But yeah, um, we'll talk about Robbie later as well. (laughs) Yes, we will. Uh, Lovely track. Uh, Not this version here. Uh, Again, we get Ben from Michael Jackson and we round things off with Never Forget from Take That. And once again, the the vocal on that is drowned in choral. Yeah. Still can't hit the high note a year on. 
What did the critics think, Jacob? We'll start with John O'Brien from All Music, who gave it one out of five. With its strange combination of faux-American punk pop and unimaginative boy band ballads, it's more likely to both confuse and alienate his existing audience. Indeed, you have to feel some sympathy for Quig. Being a pop star at such a young age must be every schoolboy's dream, but with the complete lack of confidence invested in this album, it's highly unlikely he'll still be one by the end of next semester. Correct. Spot on, yeah. Yeah, I think he's he's nailed it in every single sentence there. Oh, poor boy. Like, he was obviously, yeah, it's just, like he says, no one had enough confidence in him to write him a decent album. <laughs> so cheaply recorded. Oh, God, yeah. Um, there are a few other reviews, but they're just along the same line, really. Yeah, um, yeah if you want to check out any more of the reviews, then... They're all linked in Wikipedia, and the uh, the star listing on Wikipedia looks horrible. So many empty stars. Oh, I really feel sorry, sad for him because he had so much promise off the back of the X Factor, but I don't know what went wrong. Like, where, where did it all go wrong? I, was it just because the other two acts were so marketable, like Alexandra Burke with her incredible voice and JLS? who went on to become, well, for a time, the biggest boy band in Britain, it was Little Owen just forgotten about, do you think? I like that you didn't say incredible voices for JLS because <laughs> they were marketed on the fact they had six packs, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, and that Aston Marigold could do a backflip. Oh, yeah, just any opportunity. <laughs> do it, do it! So, yes, his album considered a failure. Owen was dropped by RCA Records. But what did Owen do next? And what has he been up to? Well, we're still in 2009 initially because he played a minor role in the BBC sitcom, the uh, sequel to Tracy Beaker, uh, Danny's House, Mm. uh, playing himself. Um, And he he appeared as a guest on the, uh, I guess, Christmas edition of Alan Carr's Chatty Man in 2009 and was a feature. I couldn't find this clip. He was a featured guest on TV Burp in February of 2011. Did you find it? No, I did. I don't know why he was on the uh, TV Burp three years after his X Factor run. Just bringing um, up an old joke in classic <laughs> yeah. Hill style. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um, but yeah, I couldn't find a great deal about that. Uh, delighted to have mention of Danny's house, the um, <laughs> the Danny Harmer vehicle on C. Was it CBBC? Yeah, it must have been, yeah. yeah. Classic. That was like a sequel to Tracy Beaker, wasn't it? Am I wrong? Uh, No, I don't think it was. Well, I guess she was Tracy Beaker, wasn't she? Yeah, Yeah, I think the the sequel was called The Dumping Ground or something like that, (laughs) where where, uh, Tracy Beaker came back to work at the the dumping ground, I think. Thanks for clearing that up. I love Tracy Beaker, but obviously then I grew up, so... uh, And you're a few years younger than me. So I'm obviously Um, still in my Tracy Beaker phase. At the moment. To be fair, a lot of the second year of uni, we did watch quite a lot of Tracy Beaker, but, you know, that's... Well, I'll stop there. Through the lens um, of irony, yeah. Yes, of course. Uh, have you, did you see the Tracy Beaker movie? <laughs> no. Is that something I'm going to have to consider in a future poll? Potentially, because <laughs> yes. there's one point where she looks at a pigeon and she just goes, Do I know you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna watch that now. I wanna lay on a car looking up at the stars like it's do in the movies. I wanna say that it's groovy. Cause no one says that anymore. I wanna be a big romantic fool instead of cool. But all of this means 
He came second in Ireland's competition to find a Eurovision contestant in 2014. He didn't even win the competition to find someone to go to the competition. Nope. Oh, bless Um, him. Was this a Jedwood year? 2014. I don't I know. I don't think it was. I think they were 2011 and 2012, were right. they? We're my lipstick girls. <laughs> the song was called The Movie Song and it's kind of a standard faux inspirational pop folk thing uh, in the style of James Blunt, I would say. Yeah, it's a bit pants, isn't it? One of the lyrics includes, uh, I want to say that it's groovy because nobody says that anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not 50 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I say groovy from time to time. Oh, God, that tells you everything, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, Quig then joined... I actually can't say this name. Um, Coag United? Coag? Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. We oh, are dear. English um, in 2015 and later Port Stewart FC in the Northern Ireland Intermediate uh, Soccer League. Oh, God. The next update we have is from uh, 2019 last year where Owen has switched sports uh, from uh, football to, I think, Gaelic football. Okay. Uh, so this is a Neil Loughran article in Irish News from April 2019, which starts off with the tagline, these days he could be found in the lower reaches of the Derry GAA League. Not a clue. So do you want to know what Owen was was up to last year? Um, Yes, please. So he was playing uh, Gaelic football uh, and getting heavily abused for his X Factor appearance, it seems, uh, in the league. People chanting stuff like, you should stick to singing. (laughs) But in classic Owen uh, fashion, he just says, yeah, I just, you know, brushed it off, whatever. It's quite funny. Um, he announces that he had to tone his hair down a bit. Oh, um, no. Yeah, he he says, I'm getting older now. You can't be running around with all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably because of aerodynamics. It seems like he still leads quite a busy life because Neil notes that uh, within 45 minutes of the final whistle on Wednesday, he was clearing his throat, which I also need to do now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too much talking. Um, and getting ready for a gig at the Row Park Resort in Limavardi. I'm definitely saying that wrong. Not a clue. Limavardi. Having rekindled the singing career, he had parked for a time after coming back from England. Yeah, he's in a wedding band. He is, yes. He is in a wedding band uh, and has a residency at the Waterfoot Hotel oh, uh, you know on what? Friday nights. That's not doesn't sound too bad. Either last year or this year, Owen became a presenter on Q Radio in Ireland. Uh, there's a nice and slightly mad 60-second clip of him on YouTube promoting his show. Um, I think we might take a listen to that now. Dogs, dogs. Sweet or savoury? Sweet. Celebrity crush? Ooh, Ariana Grande. Night in or night out? Night in. Card or cash? Cash. Coke or Pepsi? Oh, Pepsi. Describe your new show in one word. Uh, early, but good. Morning person or night owl? Night owl. Passenger or driver? Oh, driver. Favourite song? On our own quigs, obviously. In personal news, uh, we're carrying on the theme of infants seemingly <laughs> everywhere. Uh, from his Instagram, it looks like he's got a couple of kids now, hey. um, which would just be insane to me because they're a couple <laughs> of years off his age. Um, and we've got another one on the way. Uh, Baby Quig 3 is due in April 2021. What a nice way to finish off. Wow, there we go. That wasn't as sad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I think he's just loving life still. He he seems to have bounced back really well from what could have been a really bad downward spiral after um, the X Factor 
finished. Um, looking back at it now, I don't think there was any way he was going to become like a major star. I don't think he had that level of star power about him. Um, he probably could have done a bit better than the shit album that he managed to knock out. And he obviously still loves the singing, which is why he's doing it now, but he just sounds like a fairly normal bloke who some people inexplicably remember from 12 years ago on The X Factor. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but on the album, like I would have wanted to hear like an all-out pop-punk album that was actually well produced and maybe took like a month to record <laughs> yeah. rather than a week. Yeah. Or just um, something that wasn't a load of covers. <laughs> so thus completes our Owen Quig journey. And I'm sorry to everyone who thought it was going to be shit. It wasn't. <laughs> it was quite nice. Yeah. And, but, but hey, positive side is we've been recording for about half the length of time we thought we were going to be. So, <laughs> oh my God, it's going to be under an hour and 40. Hooray! So, Owen, uh, if you do somehow stumble across this, thank you uh, for your X Factor journey. Uh, And once again, like Rebecca Black, someone who was pretty fucked over by the system. Mm. Um, So just to confirm, Owen Quigg is not a bad thing. I think the album is a bad thing. Yeah. But him as a human being, absolutely fantastic thing. Once again, not a bad thing on the podcast. (laughs) Sorry. I love re-reviewing this stuff. (laughs) Jacob, we had a poll for Christmas. We evened it out this time. Uh, so we had two music and two films for you. Two music. Oh, my God. <laughs> two music albums and two films for you to choose from. Jacob, what did the listeners decide we were going to listen to? And my goodness, wasn't it tight? Yes, this was so tight. Not listen uh, to. Oh, yeah. my God, I'm all over the place. <laughs> You're just so emotional. Have a bit I of mean. water. Yeah, have a bit of water. Um, yeah, unfortunately, none of the music won. Um, as you put it so elegantly. Uh, if something was, uh, Shatner Claus was winning right up until the very end and a late surge of votes came in for, and I'm delighted about this, the one I wanted to win. So we will be reviewing for our Christmas special the 1998 holiday classic, quote-unquote, that stars Michael Keaton as a man who is killed in a car accident and then brought back to life as a snowman this is going to be Jack Frost, and I am so excited to watch an awful 90s family comedy. I didn't give a shit what won this. <laughs> I loved all the entries. So we will see you in December for the saddest Christmas of all time <laughs> and Jack Frost. Yeah, hopefully we can bring a bit of uh, joy to the otherwise miserable holiday season. Is it going to be a joyful watch? <laughs> We'll make the best of it. Me and Jacob decided that whatever lost would then go into the January poll. So that would be the genre of music, not just the word music. Um, So I've got four more for you for the January poll. Four more music, yeah. Four more music. We'll be coming up to the anniversary of Arc Music Factory being released in January. Uh, Shout out to RB. Rules are rules, people. Therefore, for the second time, I think, or third time. Third time. Third time. This album came second in the poll. It's going to be Man of the Woods by Justin Timberlake. I've said it, I feel, quite a few times on this podcast. Uh, This is Justin Timberlake's rough melding of R&B and Americana the Man of the Woods album from 2018. This is getting ridiculous now, the amount of time this has been on the poll. <laughs> look, it, people, <clears throat> look, either make us review it 
or don't vote for it at all, okay? I'm getting fed up of having to because find that graphic. I'm a stickler, and if it comes second again no. in March, you will get Man of the Woods on the poll again. Stop. Everyone just <laughs> decide amongst yourselves whether it's going to come first or last. <laughs> Your second option is a Robbie Williams album from 2006, Rude Box. Robbie had done away with his uh, longtime producer, Guy Chambers, and uh, well, he'd already, already released one album after Guy, uh, but this one is absolutely bonkers. <laughs> 74 minutes of massive missteps from Williams, including faux rapping, cringeworthy narratives about his early life, and a song called Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you keep making us listen to really long albums? <laughs> exactly. I just can't do an album under 60 minutes. <laughs> Option three, the debut and only solo album by Spice Girl, Victoria Beckham. Mm. A selection of middle-of-the-road R&B, which is Jacob's favourite genre, <laughs> um, which was poorly received by critics despite having an incredible lead single in Not Such an Innocent Girl. And the cover features Victoria and a Jaguar, so it's worth it for that. What's the album called? Is it just called Victoria? It's called Victoria Beckham. Nice. Yeah. Oh, she was Beckham at this point and not Adams. Yeah. Okay. I think they've been married a couple of years. Okay. Does that mean we get to talk about their mental wedding? We can research the wedding. <laughs> yes. yes. Option four. He's already been mentioned on the podcast today. This is LP1 by Liam Payne. Payne releases a mind-numbingly uninspiring debut album, taking influence from the aforementioned Timberlake this album also drew controversy for reinforcing stereotypes of bisexual women on the horribly named song Both Ways. Oh dear. Yep, despite having a very good pun, uh, in the, the letters LP being both his initials and short for long playing record. <laughs> Excellent work there. Uh, yeah, this did not do very well, and I'd be really interested to talk about that song, actually, because it did not get well received. <laughs> <laughs> I've not actually heard the whole song, mm. so... It'll be new to me as well. Okay. So that is Bad Things in January. The poll will be up soon for you to vote on. Jacob, we've got a side project going on. What is it and why should people listen? Yeah, this is our side ting. Uh, finally, it's been released after about four months of teasing. <laughs> it is Bad Things Extra Bad. We dropped our 60s episode and I think by the time this comes out, the 70s might be out or it will be on its way out. Uh, it's our side project where we review... Our least favourite number one singles of each decade of the British charts. We did the 60s, the 70s, the 80s is in the bag. We're going to do the 90s straight after this. It's a really fun look back at the charts, a really fun look back at what people were buying in different decades uh, and an absolutely mental exploration of the some of the shit that people put down their hard-earned money for. Uh, I really like doing them. I really like researching them. So if you're a fan of chart music, um, or, if, or if you're not a fan of chart music, actually, because we'll be playing some rubbish, uh, do give it a listen. It can be found on our Acast or our Apple Podcast page. They are my favourite records. You think we're loose on this podcast? You haven't heard anything yet. <laughs> it was the birth they are of the, all over the shop. The birth of the Brian Epstein impression was extra bad. So if you want to find out where that comes from, listen to the first episode that's out now. Jacob, where can people find us on the social media? Indeed, you can find us uh, not on YouTube, MySpace, or I am, but you can find us on Facebook. <laughs> if you look for Bad Things the podcast, we're on Twitter at Bad Things Pod, and we're on Instagram at Bad Things 
Things pod as well. If you want to listen to the show and you haven't already figured out how to do so, we're on Acast. If you search for Bad Things, the podcast, we're also on Apple Podcasts as well. Make sure you subscribe to never miss an episode. And if you want to vote in the poll, you'll need to go to our Facebook page. So please, please, please drop us a like and get involved. That was a very different recording. It was mm. disgusting to have to be so glowing about something. I've not been that nice about something in, well, since we started doing this podcast. So Since lockdown. <laughs> yeah, basically. So thank you, Owen Quigg, for showing us there is light in the dark. And uh, good luck in your Gaelic football career. The GAA. <laughs> the GA. Maybe it's, maybe it's the GAA, I don't know. <laughs> get in touch that is the end of the episode thank you all for listening we will catch you next time for Jack Frost it is a generic goodbye from Jacob and a generic goodbye from Nathan goodbye I feel like that's a shit end (laughs) 